This is Chelsea Schaefer, and this is season four of The Score. You all have listened to this podcast three quarters of a million times, and we are here in season four to bring you even more of what you love. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this bonus episode of The Score. I've got to tell you a story about my buddy, Miles Baker, who provides our audio roping lesson on this episode. I didn't know Miles uh, last summer, and I was talking to Larry D. Guy, who's riding a horse for me, and she said, hey, I'm going to send him to Miles Baker for a few months before I get started on him in the breakaway. And I said, Miles Baker, who's that? I've heard his name before, but I don't know him. Um, she said, he's a buddy of mine in Trevor's. He'll do you a good job. So uh, I got to a photo shoot at Trevor's house just a couple days later, and Joseph Harrison unloaded a horse from the trailer. And I said, that's a cool-looking bay horse. What's that horse? And he said, it's a horse I got from Miles Baker. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, never heard of Miles Baker before, but now I'd heard of him twice in a week. And, and then Dustin Searcy uh, showed up at the photo shoot. And it was just two days before the BFI. And I said, hey, Dustin, or who, who do you have at the Feist? And he said, Miles Baker. And I, I got a good laugh out of that because, man, I, I guess the stars aligned that I needed to get to know Miles Baker. Um, so we did a story with him about his foundational training in uh, an issue of the Team Roping Journal last, last fall. Um, so you can find that. It's on the website. It's called The Foundation. Um, and... Now, I have asked Miles, who's become a good friend, to help us with the score. So, this is an audio roping lesson. Okay, so now is the perfect time for Miles Baker to be on the score. He was Trevor Brazil's partner on the head horse, Smarties Dunny, that just sold for $250,000 last weekend at the horse sale at Rancho Rio. And he's partners with Brazil on many of the top-tier horses. You've seen the King of the Cowboys on everywhere from the BFI to the American Row Horse Futurity Association's World Championship. He's part of the secret sauce for Trevor Brazil, Joseph Harrison, and Larry D. Guy when it comes to making great horses. We tapped him in the fall of 2020 to provide us with this audio roping lesson, and it's one like we've never offered before. He breaks down how their horses got prepared for the American Rope Horse Futurity, where Brazil won over $100,000 alone. He studied Brazil's horsemanship, and he's keyed in on the preparation needed to create the kind of horses the $7 million cowboy can take to the next level. Enjoy this episode with Miles Baker. Good morning, guys. This is Miles Baker. I uh, want to thank the Team Roping Journal for reaching out and getting with me about talking about head horses and young head horses and training head horses and the whole process that I go through um, to get the end product that I'm looking for and what most people are looking for and buying a head horse or going and showing a head horse with the rope horse maturities these days and how good they are and they're growing and how good they pay and what it takes to win on a young horse and most importantly uh, what it takes to compete on a young horse and sustain them for later in life when you know, they go on to be rodeo horses or whatever um, they need to go do or World Series horses. Just uh, the steps of the process that I go through to ensure that the horses have longevity. Um, and so anyway, this is it's the first week in October. We're a couple weeks out from the Rope Horse Futurity and 
between Trevor and I. I think Trevor's got four going and I got four. So between the two of us, there's eight of them and all different, all different horses all went through different processes to get to where they are. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have my hand involved with majority of them. Um, and which I'm very thankful to get to train the quality of horses that I've been able to, um, be in, involved with Trevor it's uh, been a great experience for me and I look forward to training a lot of good ones over the years and having a lot of good ones to sell and having the ones to compete on myself so anyway I'll get started just kind of steps of the process and what I'm looking for in the horses and I'm mainly um, kind of more involved at the ground level of the roping it's a lot of going slow a lot of steer stopping and making sure everything's correct and touching all the bases of the foundation and ensuring that whether I go on with them or whether Trevor goes on with them or whether we sell them that they're set up for success for whoever gets on them Um, so a lot of that it starts in the box for me obviously Um, for me in the box I want the horse listening to me all the time Um, I don't want him cueing off the gates. I don't want him cueing off the cattle, nothing, uh, nothing other than my hand. And so I spend a lot of time just getting down to the basis of that. Uh, Trevor, he's, I was listening to a deal with that. It was on actually on the score two the other day. And he said, it, it comes down to the basis of stop and go, you know, holding the horse in your hand, picking them up and pulling on them, stop, releasing them, go stop and go. And, so I spend a lot of time putting the young horses in different situations, even if it's a sequence of I might steer stop or, or leave or track, just make my horse leave the box four or five times in a row to the point where I know that they're anticipating a release and make them stand there in my hand and just teaching them just the having to sit there and wait and listen um, I don't really know the word for it, but just having them attentive the whole time and always listening to my hand. I don't want to, I don't want them to learn at an early age to anticipate anything other than them waiting on me to release my hand. And with that comes trying to get them to not actually anticipate your hand. Um, so that maybe sounds a little confusing, but what I'm getting at is when, like, when they're young, I would say all the way through me roping on them their three-year-old year year, uh, into their four-year-old year, I release slow and clear. I want everything I do with my hands to be a good signal for them, and I don't want it to panic them. So I'll go from, and a lot of horses aren't comfortable being held in the box, so it may be, you know, uh, five pounds of pressure may be all it takes to hold a certain horse or another horse maybe needs 40 or 50 pounds of pressure every horse is different but finding that feel that each horse has to where i can release that horse and he he knows he's getting a clear signal from me i don't want him dreading me holding him in the box i don't want him nervous about anything that's going on i just want to be able to hold enough pressure that when i release that horse slowly his head drops and he moves forward looking for the cow. I don't want my hand to scare him or catch him off guard. And so in the box, that's 
that's where it all starts for me is just making the signals with my hand clear if a horse even up to the nfr and the bfi if that horse stands there in your hand and is honest and true about it until you release him and i don't want him jumping a log i don't want his head loading back to me i just want him standing there solid as a rock and when i drop my hand i want everything to drop and move forward and that's all there's horses that do it naturally obviously but that's all stuff that i feel like i can put in any of them at an early age and then you move on to um run into the cow um when I leave the box, and I'm, I'm talking about working on, you know, three- and four-year-olds, and a bunch of people start with older horses that maybe have already been roped on, and that that's a whole different process. But for me, mostly what I see is me starting these young ones um, for Trevor, and mainly for Trevor and for myself, and a few for Larry D. And I, I go through the same process with every one of them, and I feel like it there's a pretty good outcome with it. And so after the box... And working on that, I go to run into the cow. I don't want them leaning left, leaning right. I want them running as straight. I want it to feel like I'm sitting on a two-by-four running to the cow. I want them straight, and I just say honest and true. Um, I don't want them running in behind the cow, but I want them running to the cow. Um, and just to know, what, like when I drop every time go to the cow, I don't want them running to a spot. I don't want them spotting the cow way out wide just run to the cow and get collected so i'll do i'll spend a ton of time just working on the scoring and loping down the pen i have i keep slow cattle around all the time loping to the cows and stopping them and if i stop them i generally stop them i don't want to stop them and then go right back to the cow and create a surge there where anytime i ask for them to yield they take back off again i want them to stop and get collected and listen to me and if i if i send them back i can send them back but i don't want them anticipating anytime i pick them up to yield them take them back off again and so i'll teach them the spot to rate and i'll teach them to listen by that and then as i get to more of the rope and stuff i want them to hold the cow i'll, I'll go to that cow and I'll, i've taught them the spot i want them to run to so i'll just practice holding that cow and whether they come left or right or slow down or speed up, that they get to that spot on the cow and they hold the cow. Um, and fortunately, I got to, I was, did a little cow horse stuff enough to really, and then just cowboying in general helps it too, but um, to learn to teach a horse to hold a cow, going down the fence or boxing or whatever. And it's the same in the roping for me. I want that horse to run straight to the cow and stay square and just hold that cow no matter where that cow goes um, and most people i'm saying hold most people call it rate but just truly go get a hold of the cow and stay there until they've got the cue to go on to the next step and so once i feel comfortable that my colts can run to that cow and hold it no matter where it goes and just stay in an honest spot and be comfortable the main things i want them to be comfortable a lot of times people when a horse rates they're pulling on them the whole time or holding them in their hand i want to be able to run to them with a pig and string around their neck or with nothing on them not even a bridle and them lock on and hold the cow on their own and so then i'll rope and i spend a ton of time steer stopping because i want them to run up there and let me rope and 
if I move them out, which on the Colts a lot of times I'll use my right leg and I'll start the kind of the departure of the corner by pushing their hips to the left a little bit. Just, I'm not saying a finished horse, I necessarily want them to leave out of there with their hips to the left. But on the Colts, a lot of times I'll push their hips out and steer stop right there just to make sure that they're strong in getting a hold of the cow. I don't want them to give their hips to the cow any at all. And I say give their hips, like move their hips towards the cow. I just want to teach them at a young age to stay real square as they get a hold of the cow. And so as they get a hold of the cow right there with everything square, I want to go ahead and step them on out. Kind of laterally a little bit getting started. Um, I know it's a little bit unpractical rodeoing and have a horse to laterally move out of there every time. Um, And so as I'll work on that steer stopping and then when I move into turning, I'll want them to get a hold of that cow and just hold that cow in the corner and stay real honest with me right there because I don't want them to start leaning out with their shoulders. And that brings me to my next point. Uh, Everybody wants a head horse. They want to know if he has a big move in the corner. And it's a huge misconception in the heading that this big move is a good thing, or I, I think it's a big misconception because if a horse is if a horse folds up too much in the corner and he gets his shoulders down on the ground too much you lose a lot of control because that horse has gotten strong right there and you lose a lot of control in the steer and what it does is if you have a horse that wants to get strong right there in the corner and you go rodeo on them uh it's going to be hard to win on them through throughout the whole year without them getting too strong to the horn or starting to want to cheat but if you can push that horse up through that corner and almost like I work a lot pushing the horses around my left leg everybody wants to use their right leg in the corner and get them to make that big move and I want them to get on their butt and really be physical in in the corner and get a hold of them but I'll use my left leg a lot and push them up around my left leg just to keep that corner soft because if you want to make a living riding a head horse, he's got to be on your team and 100%. And if if he's falling out of there, dropping his shoulders, it's going to be hard to make a living on him. So the corner, like I said, everybody calls it the big move in the corner. I would rather have a money move in the corner and have that sucker get on his butt and set that cow up for my healer. And if I need to squeeze him forward, I can squeeze him forward. If I need to come back up the arena i can take a hold of him but instead of getting this big drastic what some people call fancy move in the corner i would rather have a horse be honest in the corner to where i can manipulate whatever he's doing without him wanting to be too strong and and don't get me wrong i want him to be strong in the corner but i want him to be balanced a horse has to be balanced in the corner to go make a living on him or to win consistently you can't make a living on a horse that's wanting to duck out from under you all the time or, you know, taking your rope or taking your throw away. And that goes back to running straight to the cow. If if that horse is leaning to the left trying to take your throw away, you're not going to be able to reach on him over and over and over again without him getting tighter and tighter and tighter and wanting to cheat but if you can teach these young horses to run straight and run square and run to the cow 
And then in the corner, you know, be soft, stay balanced, don't lean and don't want to fall out of there. The longevity of the horses will be so much better. Um, and I think it's why Trevor, uh, I got asked a question the other day. Everybody says, you know, the greats always have one good horse in their career. How come Trevor's been able to have so many and win so good on all of them? And the way I'm talking about setting up a young horse, it, it goes back to a lot of the stuff that he's taught me that he wants in his horses. And I think it's why he's had so many great ones is because he he doesn't look at a horse and think, man, that looks cool or man, it feels cool. I've heard him say it over and over again to make a living on this horse, he needs to do this. So I think there's a big difference in what people see and think they like and what it actually takes to go win. And that's why I've held so much value to what Trevor says about head horses, because to go win like he's won on the multiple horses he's done it on, he he knows what it takes to have that horse to help you win, whether it's heading, healing, calf roping, tripping, um, any of that. He knows what a horse needs to do to help you win. And so that's why I spend so much time working on the little details, um, especially in it started with his horses because I know he knows what it takes for a horse to – or a horse needs to be able to go make a living on him. And so I feel like any decent trainer can train a horse to look cool or make a big move or have a big fancy face. But I want to teach a horse longevity. Like, what does it take to ride this horse for the – if I train a three- or four-year-old, can I sell him to one of the top guys and then ride him for 15 years and him know how to work honest and true in a way that – he's going to stay working that way for 15 years. He's not going to want to cheat or he's not going to, what a lot of people call it, get smart. Um, He's not going to get smart to the situations or get cheaty and start wanting to leave you high and dry just because he anticipates it. I want to train him to be solid and be steady and do the same thing for you every single time. And that's why I think it's so important to listen to the different cues that I give them as opposed to them trying to read the play by themselves all the time. If if I blow to a steer and my horse does want to get a tick tight or something, I want to be able to push him back up with my left rein or my left leg, mainly the left rein because that's what's natural for most people to do, you know, dally and push their hand forward and off to the right to set the cow. And I spend a ton of time on these head horses getting them to where they don't have to be rode with your feet. And it's a little funny for me because something I don't promote in my business is starting colts, but it's one of my favorite things to do with horses because I can see the slow progress that they make just day by day. And I don't really, it's not something I want to do, I've ever wanted to do for the public, but I truly enjoy it just because I get to watch the fine details and the little things and the not wasting a day of training on the colts and how fast they get good so i want to tie that into the head horses and if i do all the small details right from a young age you can't take that stuff out of them i've always said i loved 
riding the young horses so much and getting them broke because if they're truly started good from the beginning and they're truly broke good, you can't take that stuff out of them. It may go away a little bit if they're rode by bad hands or something, but it always comes back. And it's been a blessing to get to ride the caliber horses and the quality of young horses I'm riding now because I can see it in the roping too. If I set these horses up to do everything right when they're young, they that stuff always stays with them. And I just think it creates good longevity in the horses and um, it sure is a lot of fun. Uh, we have some good horses going to the futurity like I talked about and they've all had a different process. There's some that have been super easy to train and some that have been tougher um and it's been it's been fun uh just because now i'm to the point where they're all pretty daggum good and i've seen trevor doing it and i'm doing the same thing i took the tie downs off of them and i'm just roping on them with no tie down on i'm getting a feel for them i'm making sure there's no holes in their training that they're not lost anywhere that there's not something new that I'm feeling that's not right. And one filly that uh, Trevor and Larry Dion that I get to show down there, she would be a full sister to Clay Smith's head horse, or the one Clay Smith had. And Trevor rode him, and Wyatt Imus rode him, and Clint Summers is riding him now. They called him Ransom. Um, she would be a full sibling to him. And she has a huge motor. Uh, she learned her job and she she's strong to cattle she's not pushy but she wants to blow to them and so now i'm down to i don't ride a tie down on her i'm scoring them way out and i'm letting her go to them and if she wants to run i'll let her blow to them for a minute but at any time if i slow down and pick up or slow my riding down and pick up i want her to respond and so i'm working on that small of details now with her and just that little stuff that i think truly matters and and as these horses that we're training get older i think we'll start to see it and i've seen it in the colts i've started in the past um how much difference it makes with the things that truly stick with a horse from the beginnings of their training and i'm so excited to see some of these four and five three four and five year olds that we're training in the roping go on to be eight ten years old because i i truly think that the the little things that myself and Trevor are working on, um, I think it's going to make a huge impact on the quality of rope horses because I know there's there's great trainers out there that have been there for a long time with like guys like JD Yates and stuff. Um, those guys have been around for a long time, and I'm glad to be getting to train the quality of horses now that those guys have made a living on and getting to see the work that we put into them and the focusing on the small detail and and we're not riding 50 horses a year you know I've got seven or eight horses here and I work on them of Trevor and I's and Larry D's too and I work on them every single day in the small details there's no wasted days there's no days that I'm going backwards it's just slowly picking away at making that horse great at his job and I know Trevor's the same way. There's, you know, there's not 50 horses standing down there. We're not hopping on them for 10 minutes every day and seeing, filtering through them to get to the great ones. Uh, 
I heard a guy tell me, a cutting horse guy, say that these days everybody's looking for a great horse, but no one wants to train an average horse to be great. And I truly believe if we do everything right and take our time with them and work on these young horses that we can make all of them great. Um, and, and like I said, it's a different process with every one of them, but we can truly train these horses to be great and and all of them may be great at different things but uh, if we work at it focus on the small details and just keep loving what we do um, I love getting up every morning and training these horses they're family to me I I can't tell you that's what Western Horseman asked me in an article what made me get up they like in the mornings and do it they said you're not trying to make the nfr you've rodeoed and roped your whole life and there's no glory in what you're doing and and there doesn't have to be what gets me up in the morning is loving these horses i i take my job personal um, i don't there's not days where i'm like i don't have to ride that horse today or I can skip him or man, he's not going to be that good. It's never like that for me. I take every horse's progress personal. And if they're not doing good, it bothers me. Um, I want them to do good and I don't, I don't ever pick on them or I'm not hard on them when they're not doing good. I'll, I'll go back and think about instead of blaming the horse, if he's not doing good, what do I need to do different? You're either creating a good habit or a bad habit with horses. So what do I need to do to change how I'm going about training this horse to create good habits on him as opposed to getting mad and causing a bad habit or getting mad and losing progress and going backwards because I was mad at this horse or because I handled a situation badly. Joseph Harrison said it one day, we were talking about a young horse he was healing on. I said, how's he doing? And he said, man, I think he's doing too good. He said, I need a bad day where I can train on him a little bit better. And I was, I at first, I, it kind of twisted me up when he said that. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, it's it's hard to train on him much when every day's a good day. And I got to think about how true that was. The good days are awesome. They're confidence builders and everything. But how we react as horsemen and trainers to the bad days is what's the most important. You know, if when a, how we handle each situation with the horse is how they get trained. So... I see so many people handle when a horse is doing bad, handle the situation wrong, and they go from a horse doing something wrong to making a horse do something wrong and be scared or worried about the situation at the same time. And that's just stacking more negatives on top of other negatives. So um, kind of the takeaway and what I'm going with on these young head horses that I'm training is just take it day by day, um, keep moving forward every day. I don't want to go backwards. Um, and just every horse is different. They're all going to have a different process, uh, not getting aggravated if the process isn't coming along as fast as it should, and then just focusing on the small details uh, about everything and the small details being the details that are going to ensure longevity in these horses that we're training. I don't want to see them last for two or three months and then them be a ticking time bomb the rest of their career. I want to see horses guys be able to take them after they leave us when they're five and six and go jackpot on them and and let them be seasoned and be good and then i want to see those horses at the nfr when they're 20 and at the bfi throughout their career 
and I just I just want to see horses that come through my program and mine and Trevor's program and uh, come off our ranch that we've used I want to see those horses go on and be some of the greatest horses and and that's why I take it so personal because I'm not going through these horses hoping that a few of them are great I'm going through these horses and making sure that I give every one of them the best chance possible to be great and I truly think if I do my job right that most all these horses that come from come through the program should truly go on to be great horses and I want people whoever whoever the people are that buy them I want them to be proud of them and I want whether it's a rocking bee on their shoulder or flying bee on their cheek I want I want to sit back and see that and be proud of the product that I've put out there and so uh, anyway I appreciate y'all reaching out to me and um, letting me ramble a little bit about what I love and um, if anybody has any questions y'all contact me anytime I can if it's about horses I can talk your ear off so Anyway, thank y'all, and uh, we're looking forward to many years of training good horses, and I appreciate y'all reaching out to me. So y'all have a good day. I'm going to get back to riding. We'll see you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's bonus edition of The Score, the Team Ripping Journal's uh, podcast. We love having you here. We're so appreciative. If you like this episode, remember to go to the reviews on Apple Podcasts, leave us some love. I promise we read it. We look forward to hearing from you. If you have any thoughts, shoot me an email at cshafer at aimmedia.com. 